This is Lachlan Rouston. This is Raf Friedman. And you're listening to the fittest podcast in Australia, The Mind Muscle Project. All right, Project, welcome back to another episode. Today, we're going to be talking about five signs where you need to take a break from the gym. Uh, we're going to cover stuff like indigestion, stuff like libido. We're not going to get to it just yet because I think it's important to cover the reasons that you shouldn't take a break. Like these are signs that people are like, dude, I need a break. I'm like X, Y, Z. Mm. And I'm like, no, you're a bitch. So we'll cover those reasons first uh, because I think people look for reasons to take a break, right? The brain doesn't like to do hard things. We know that. Like you have to push yourself to do difficult things. And so when you get on a podcast with people that are experienced and they say, well, you know, you don't actually have to do this if this shows up. People will go, okay, cool. I'm not going to do it. They don't question it, right? They just do it straight away. So probably worth laying out initially all the things that, you know, especially we get this from our clients all the time, right? These are basically just excuses to not come to the gym. They're not actual signs that you need a break from the gym. Um, So we'll get into the first one, Raf. How would you expand on motivation? The interesting thing about motivation is that obviously, so it's like, you don't feel like going to the gym, I guess it's not having motivation, but it's not that the problem with that is that not training doesn't like increase your motivation. Very rarely is it like, oh, I was going twice a week. Wasn't that motivated. I didn't go at all for three weeks. And then I was buzzing. I went in the gym five days a week. The truth is I've usually found is that motivation comes from actually just doing it more often. You know, the results like, from doing it. Yeah. Like yeah. when I, I remember like I started doing some running, I was doing like once a week. I was like, I just like not motivated to keep running. And mostly because it's just like no results. What's up? And then I was like, okay, I'll do a program. It's like three times a week. And then I was more motivated. Three could have easily become five. Yeah. You know, then I was like, oh, I'll do like an extra run in the gym. And like I was running like nearly every day. So if I had taken a break then, that would, yeah. <laughs> wouldn't have worked. Yeah. Yeah. The motivation is just a, it's just a very fickle thing to base your attendance at the gym off. And if you rely on motivation to go to the gym, you're going to be, you'll be very small and weak. Uh, okay. So number two is you get bored. I think that's like very common. Look, you just, if you get bored, like change a program, right? right. Or like change yeah. a gym or change a training partner, like change something, but don't be like, oh no, you know what? Gym's like boring. So like, I'm not going. Yeah. So that's weak. That is such a weak excuse. Um, number three is a plateau. Yeah. I just think it, it's just part of training, right? Plateauing is just normal, right? If you're pushing yourself, like your body is going to respond in all different ways, right? You're going to make gains, you're going to plateau, you're going to go backwards, you're going to make gains, plateau. So it's like, it's just a whole, it's just the journey of training and it's not an excuse. Like, man, it's my, my back squat hasn't gone up yeah. in four weeks. Like, I should just really take a break. If you never plateaued, like everyone would just train. It would be so yeah. enjoyable, right? So plateaus that stop people training. Yeah. Uh, and then number four, we've got uh, acute injuries, obviously. I just think with acute injuries, like they are, they're a bit of an anomaly in some mm. ways. You didn't see them coming. They don't have a good reason as to why they happen necessarily. So um, we get acute injuries with our clients all the time. It happens outside the gym. They bring it in. Sometimes it happens inside the gym. Mistakes happen. We'll work around it. Yeah. We'll find other things, right? So that's that's a pretty important one to cover. And plus, unless you injure like every joint in your body, there's always something you can but do. I remember we, someone came in, like rolled his ankle first day in the gym and like pretty bad. I remember that. Stepping off a treadmill. He's like, oh, so you're like three weeks off? I'm like, no, see you tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's gotten sick results. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, that, like imagine if we just said, oh, take a few weeks off. And he may never, never have joined. Yeah. May never come back. Now he's in great shape. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. And then uh, last one we've got is mood swings. I mean, depending on who you are and what your personality like and your temperament is like, you know, going to the gym and like feeling good or feeling bad about it or where you're at in your personal life, you kind of just have to disregard that and yeah. show up to the gym. Whether you've had a good day at work, good day in your personal life, bad day, 
that happens to everyone. And so um, attendance is just a thing that's irrespective of what goes on there. And in, often if you're having a bad day and you're having a you've mood swing in the wrong direction, it's probably a really good day to go to the gym, yeah. right? Uh, it is your it is your medicine. So those are, those are reasons that you, if they're showing up and you're using those as signs to take a break from the gym, you're doing it wrong, yeah. okay? These are just like normal parts of training and just embrace them. Um, and like getting through that stuff and still training, that is what develops character, yeah. right? And that's that's part of what you get from training. Now, uh, what you're actually here for. So five signs you really genuinely need to take a break from the gym. Now, it's important to understand that these are very objective. Like not a lot of the things we talked about before, like motivation, boredom, mood swings, like what's boring to one person is not boring to another person. What is motivating to one person is not motivating to another person. So what we're about to list off it's pretty hard to argue like when you have it you have it when it when these are showing up on paper they're showing up on paper and it's like pretty hard not to argue and you can test for a lot of these things as well so when they are showing up we think they're really good signs that you do genuinely need a break for the gym and we don't recommend breaks very often which means these things are pretty hard to achieve like you have to be training a lot you have to be not probably not sleeping that well like if your sleep's on point and your nutrition's on point like you have to train a lot to, yeah. to get to these levels. Like we've experienced some of these things, some of them all at once. And that is when we were doing 12 sessions a week, yeah. two two to four hours a session. But also a lot of people's sleep and stuff is not on point. That's what so I mean. That's what I was going to say. And that's with yeah. perfect sleep and nutrition. Throw in bad nutrition and no sleep. It's what it takes five sessions a week to yeah, get you, here, you six get sessions there. a week. 100%. Yeah. Do you think any of our clients have got there at locker room? Yeah, I think some of our clients that come every single day and they yeah. try and catch up on the weekends, they they, they do not get all five. No, no, no. All five is... But they get some. Also, because they're a bit older, I still think they get you can get it easier as well. All Different. five is week four of the Open. <laughs> week, <laughs> week four of the CrossFit Open. Like, the older you are, the easier it is to get this. Yes. Yeah. Oh, definitely 30-year-old version of me versus 20-year-old version of me. I can get that with mm. way less training these days. That's for sure. Um, okay, so... First one we've got here is signs that you definitely need to take a break from the gym. The first one is indigestion. This is an interesting one because uh, have you have you had this one or have yeah I, I have okay. but not as bad as you. So basically, um, when we were, it was two. Th- I think the first one when we we're training for 2015 mm. when we we're training for the team at the regionals, we we're training a lot. Um, what were we doing? Was it training plan we we're doing at the time then? No, it was earlier than that. Yeah. No, no, it was training. Plan. Oh, you're right. It yeah, was yeah. yeah back which is Europe. basically for the anyone who yeah no doesn't well, know that about was the end of it. CrossFit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is like the highest volume pro one of the highest volume programs you could do. And basically, what you know, you're obviously trying to eat a lot of food and liquids to support your training. And it basically got to this point where we're peaking for the event or peaking our volume phase, probably four or five weeks out of the competition. And I would wake up and I would try and eat the eat the same food, but it felt like it would. I'd get reflux straight away as soon as I ate it. I thought, oh, that was weird. So I, you know, finished the meal and go. Oh, had reflux then i'd have some water the water wouldn't go down well then i'd have a protein shake same thing reflux i'm like okay it's not the food uh and it's it's not solids versus liquids it's anything that's going into my system right now i'm getting like instant reflux you know where you burp up like the acid yeah. and i started googling it and it's like clear sign of overtraining and the more people i spoke to about it it's pretty rare you have to be training pretty fucking hard yeah. to get indigestion i mean to the point that your body rejects food like rejects nutrients and is rejecting like you have so much inflammation in your body that you basically can't break down and digest food properly like you think the level that you'd have to get to to experience that with your body like you're going pretty hard 
Yeah. So that's the first one. Not many people would have had that, I would say. It's probably one of the more severe things, mm. but it is a sign that you're like pushing way too hard. Yeah. And and it, I, I should state again, it is separate to like, you sh- if you just get like indigestion because you're gluten intolerant, you eat gluten, it's not a sign. Yeah, yeah. It's like everything you try and eat, it's just not working. Yeah. And you're training a lot. I will say it clears up pretty quick though. Mm. I cleared it up within the week, just like took a break from training, dropped my volume back and it, your body recovers pretty quick. Cool. So second one is like you're consistently getting weaker. Now, what would you... Because obviously there's, you know, there's ups yeah. and downs in training. So where are you drawing the line for like, okay, this person is like heaps weaker? Man, I think if your body... So say you're not losing weight, right? Your body weight, unless you're like cutting, it's a bit different, right? You're like keeping the same body weight. Even if you drop your training volume, but you're still training 70% as much as you used to, your lift should not be consistently... Like your lifts across the board shouldn't be going down more than 10%. That is like a, a worrying sign. Like, why yeah. is everything going down? Particularly because it's not it's actually not that hard to maintain your strength. Yeah, strength you know, is loyal. Yeah, like even if I was training five days a week, I dropped it to two, I'd probably expect to maintain most of my lifts by 90%. Yeah. You know, if my body weight's staying the same. So if you're like your list like going down, you're doing a whole cycle in a month later, and like your upper body lifts and your lower body lifts are both down again, and it's been a whole month of training, that's a serious red flag. Yeah. Yeah, I think you've got room for like a week, a week and a half maybe two weeks of yeah. training where you can't really hit the same numbers. But if it starts going down, that's seriously bad. I mean, it mainly goes down in the heavier lifts, you know, like yeah. you're not really going to see your bicep curl go yeah, you down. Just don't no- you just won't notice it. Yeah, because what it's reflecting is it's reflecting your CNS mm. being really fatigued. And that generally only happens on like heavier weights. You know, your CNS, as much as many bicep curls you want to do, you're not going to fatigue your yeah. CNS that much, right? It doesn't require that much, that many motor units, that much neural drive. But if you are back squatting heavy, if you're deadlifting, benching, doing any of those movements and they're just going down and down and down, that is like a serious sign that you're like experiencing major fatigue. And I think the good caveat is what's your body weight? Because if your body weight's going down, you're just not eating enough now. Yeah. Which has happened to me, right? You just lose weight, everything gets weak because like, oh, you're just not eating enough for the training volume. Yeah. That's probably a good point as well. That is the caveat to that is if you are in a calorie deficit, pretty it's severe calorie happen. deficit, that's going to happen. But it's like if you're eating enough yeah, and you're like sleeping enough and the lift's still going down, that's probably got some issues there. Pretty rare circumstance, which is why it is a critical sign that it you does happen. Break. Yeah. I think that, like, that happens more than indigestion. For sure. No, yeah. I remember days where I would try and get, hit the same numbers on the back squat yeah. and I'd get pinned by 80%. Yes. And I'm like, oh, wow. Um, okay, so third one we've got here. Uh, and I think this is interesting because I feel like you've definitely had this one more than me. Yeah. Uh, but this is like illness during training. Yeah, I think it's just, for me, it's just the frequency of respiratory illness. Constant illness. Yeah, it's like, and I would, I mean, everyone's different, but I guess being on the other side of it, so training at like a really healthy amount, I'll probably get respiratory illnesses like twice a year, mm-hmm. maybe three times a year. Uh, and this is like minimum every month. So maybe I like- can, I can picture you coughing really clearly in my head. Yeah, something. like- You um, get them quite You like get sick. Also, I think they linger for really long. So mm-hmm. you like kind of get sick, it's like two, three weeks for it to clear up. And then it's like kind of two weeks off and then you get another one. And I even think it like coincides with like really hard training. Like you have a really hard two days, like I'm sick again. Mm. And I think it's just, you know, you realize that, you know, you're always um, coming into contact with potential illnesses. But it's when you're run down, you're training too much that they, they get you. And do you think respiratory is like the main one you see for a lot of people? Yeah, it's so common. Yeah. 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 Above the neck, respiratory illnesses. Yeah. yeah. You're not catching cancer. No. Nah. <laughs> fucking hard not. Imagine. They trained fucking hard for that. <laughs> yeah, dude. That is next level. Um, no, that's not funny. So, the uh, yeah, the respiratory illnesses is, is showing up the most. That, um, 
that and i would say probably the other illness that i see would show up uh, a fair bit is like a flu right it's like yeah. some kind of like shivering and uh that that would happen I, I still remember to this day i'll never forget it right when i this is probably the first time i got a like flu induced training illness yeah which is basically just another word for saying i trained so fucking hard that my immune system was so down that the slightest uh, pathogen that yeah. entered my into my body just wiped me out and I, I i remember finishing a five by five or three by five set at like the heaviest i've ever done doing the set and having like this weird warm wave like flush over your body at the end of the set like i, I think it was just the body shutting down yeah sitting down on the ground for in the sun sitting down on the ground for the last set before i unloaded the bars like taking my knee sleeves off taking my shoes off and i remember standing up and i'm like i'm sick like i reckon yeah, it happened it in that moment yeah and I've it happened so quickly like straight after i've even got um it's not respiratory illness but i've got uh like infections yes weren't you guys going to hospital for a bit i had to, to get- go to hospital i was on a drip antibiotic yeah, which yeah. made the whole thing worse because then i came straight back to training with this <laughs> antibiotics that i couldn't get off um but yeah like that i remember that hospital visit as well the they were just like, oh yeah, like you just push yourself so hard, you end up with infections. And you thought to yourself, I'm a, I'm a G. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> so tell me again, put it in writing. This guy pushed himself so hard. Medical diagnosis, overtraining. Um, yeah, for sure. So that really leads to number four, which is chronic serious injuries. I mean, this one, this is probably the hardest one to judge because, you know, you allow, depending on what you're doing, you do allow for a little bit of knee pain or elbow pain yeah. or whatever. But I think the sign here is you're really experiencing like a day-to-day amount of pain. Like it's it's not, oh, I kind of feel it when I do this. Like I feel it all the time doing yeah. everything and it's not getting better. You wake up, you know, most injuries, you're a little bit sore, you take a break from whatever the exercise is. You wake up within two or three days, it's generally gone. If you're waking up with, a, with back pain, that's, you know, a seven out of 10 every day and it's not getting better each day it's yeah. getting worse and you're having time off training and it's not getting better you're doing some rehab it's not getting better you've definitely done some serious damage chronic injury there that you need to like address and completely scrap whatever program you're doing and like rebuild that's a daunting process doing going through that rebuild process like even now right i get this like recurring back injury in my thoracic from doing squats mm. i used to get it only when i would lift like really heavy cleans or whatever but it just keeps showing. It's obviously some kind of weak point in my back. Now I have a choice. At this point, if I want to continue to like, it comes up in front squats, right? If I want to go in the front rack position, I need to rebuild. I need to be doing core exercises. I need to be doing yeah. like holds. I need to rack, like so many different things to rebuild the strength around my back or just scrap those exercises for a very long time and just get rid of them. And that's really a point in my eyes. That's like, that is a, that's a sign you need to break. Probably not for this injury because it's not severe enough, but... Yeah something like that where it's like okay there's there's not enough like small modifications i can make here i need a complete rebuild i need to take some time off i need to go see physio i need a chiro whatever address it figure it out redo my program put in a whole day of like you know exercises and warm-ups that address the injury otherwise it's just you're gonna just keep making it worse and worse and worse and it's gonna really degrade whatever that area is yeah um i always think of the episode we had with Stuart mcgill yeah and he had the example of how like whether or not they, when they go to a back surgery, where they do like the phantom surgeries, where like they put you under or whatever, they don't actually do the surgery. It basically makes no difference to the results. Whether they actually go in and fix it or they just like pretend you did a surgery. And obviously there's like the placebo effect in there. But he was saying like, well, the, the thing that they're both doing that is just the most effective thing 
is they both have like a full break from training. Yeah. So he's like, people come to me, they like have a little break, they go back a little break and it just won't get better. And he's like, when we do like this a surgery or like a fake surgery where they put you under, but they don't actually do anything. And then they just wake you up. Everybody after that is like, cool, full break for a month. And then the core exercises and then the bands and then like the full build up, and then 20 kilos, 30 kilos, 40 kilos. And he's like, yeah, then they, they all get better. Yeah. Mostly get better, right? Because they've, they've both had that much time off. Yeah. Time off and the full rebuild. And yeah. because they've like had a surgery, they're like, okay, I need to rebuild. Yeah, it's yeah, like without yeah, the yeah. surgery, they're like two weeks back to my old numbers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> always, always back to the old numbers. Um, nice. Okay. So last thing we've got here, which I think is, you know, I feel like this is, you know, being a guy, it's hard to talk about this for a girl. Uh, but I think I'll get to how I think it relates more to, to women. For guys, it's pretty, there's a pretty uh, clear sign. If you're waking up and you have, and you're not waking up with a heart on, that is like, I think, a, and that's a constant thing, right? Like you could say, oh, I can't remember waking up with wood for like three weeks. That's a, that's a bad mm, sign, right? Really bad sign, yeah. Yeah, so like libido, and that's one of the symptoms of very low testosterone is you have no wood, no morning wood. For women, I would say it's like a heavily disrupted menstrual cycle. Like the day in which your menstrual cycle falls is like really unpredictable and you're missing days and it's not constant. I mean, if it's gone completely, we know at this point that's fucking disaster. Yeah. Uh, and that, that that is pretty common. Um, so yeah, I'd say major disruptions to the menstrual cycle for women. And then for guys, like no morning wood. Um, yeah, if you if your training and your hormones are out of whack, you're just going to get very limited adaptation to yeah. begin with. So like the training you're doing, you're only going to get a very small response from it. But you're also going to dig yourself a hole. Like when your hormones are not in the right spot, everything's harder. It's not just training. It's like mood, mood regulation, um, relationships, communication, work, like balancing stress, like all that stuff is way harder. And you're supposed to be training to be healthier mm. and have a better life and to handle stress better, to be a better human being. And if it's doing the opposite, like what the fuck are you doing? You know, unless you're an athlete and you're putting food on the table, I get that. That's that's a different, we're not talking about that. We're just talking about people that just go to the gym and they just are really obsessed with it. And like we were and trained way too hard and got way too into it and lost quality of life because of that. Um, so libido i think it's it's a huge one and it's just people it's just easy to ignore right yeah even like one of our recent team members he was doing that sort of training for a long time going absolutely ham training for the open etc and it, when he kind of you know quote unquote retired from that training and just went back to a normal kind of four-day split or whatever he was like i'm just horny all the time mm. i'm like you're not you're just normal now. Yeah. Whereas like before you would, your hormones were just so depleted from overtraining and like bad sleep and like just not being able to fuel enough for the training that especially cardio as well. So I should add something in here as well. Most of the research that they do uh, on endurance athletes, they have the lowest testosterone of all. Uh, part of it obviously could be to do with weights, but they've even got groups that lift weights as well. It's like cardio destroys testosterone. Yeah. Um, so if you're doing like chronic amounts of cardio that's also probably why you have maybe low libido so it could you could increase it by just pulling out cardio and there's a lot of i mean i've heard a lot of coaches and influencers and talk about their clients and they come to them and they're like cardio freaks they go cool we're gonna pull all the cardio out keep a little bit in there we're gonna just focus on weights and just that change there from weights most 80 20 from cardio weights to weights cardio and they get massive spikes part of it is due to um increasing testosterone because mm. yeah cardio just kills testosterone one of the um 
It was like the, I think he was the Olympic or the national champion in the USA for like eight years. One of their marathon runners in the marathon, sorry. Um, competed the Olympic stuff, like never won, but was like the top guy in the USA. Yeah. I think he retired. I heard him on a podcast say he retired from uh, marathons because his testosterone was too low. The, the doctors were like, you can't do this. Like you, yeah. your body's like shutting because down. Because there's lots of negative health consequences from just yeah. having low testosterone. Yeah. Heaps, right? Yeah. So, and, and yeah. if you don't believe this, I mean, this is also just like, so part of the reason enhanced athletes do so much better. 100%. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, they don't have, they, this, they they don't have mitigate, this problem. They mitigate the side effects. It doesn't matter. You trash your testosterone, it doesn't matter. They just inject some more. That's why they say bodybuilding is safer on steroids. Well, I think I think lots of sports would be safer, yeah. right? You say yeah. the same for like other sports that do lots of cardio, like you said. Like this marathon runner would have been safer if he had a bit of uh, exogenous, right? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Bro, the sport of life, that's tough. Feel free to inject. So five, that's a joke. Five objection, uh, objective signs that you need a break from the gym. One, indigestion. Two, you're getting weaker consistently two or more weeks in a row. Three, you're getting illness, mainly recurring respiratory illnesses. That was a mouthful. Four injuries, chronic injuries. And then five, low libido. Um, Okay, so there it is. Five signs you need a break from the gym. Hopefully that was helpful. If you guys found it helpful, share it with someone else, um, share it with a training partner. And as always, guys, we'll speak to you all on the next episode.